Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Well, hello there. I am currently on my week-long social media detox with the ladies in my Paleo Women Lifestyle Program, so I felt like it was a good week to do this solo episode, mostly because I, when I'm on a social media detox, I don't like to put a guest episode up because then I can't really promote it, and I always want to be able to promote my guests, and I don't really care if I don't promote solo episodes because it's me. Um, But I've been wanting to record this podcast for a long time, actually. So it was kind of the perfect day to do it. And I wanted to record a podcast more about some business sides of things because people have asked me before to talk more about business and kind of how I run my business. And this was actually something that was interesting to me when I was looking through the 2018 reader survey I asked you guys to fill out because I got a lot of people asking me to talk more about business and also wanting my perspective as a young entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur right out of college and I am younger in the space that I'm in. I am 23 but that won't stop me. So I just kind of wanted to start start talking about it on here. I thought we could do a whole business episode. And even if you are not in the same industry as me, I'm sure you'll find it interesting slash you might be able to pick up some tips that transfer over to your career. Everything's interrelated. And I asked everyone in the Facebook group if they had any questions or topics they wanted me to chat about. So I have that list here and then some things I wanted to talk about too. So we'll see what we get to. And if you're not already in the Facebook group, make sure you join because that's probably the best place to put topics that you want covered in. I always ask for solo episodes. So yeah, I've got my big list and I'm ready to go. Got some food in the oven. I'm currently waiting while my dinner cooks and then I'm gonna watch The Bachelor tonight. Who else is excited for this new season? Do we believe that Colton's a virgin? It's a close call, close call, but that's has nothing to do with business. So let's talk about, let's talk about business things. Before we get into questions, let's talk about my perspective, like where I'm coming from with this. So I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. Before that, I was certified as a primal health coach and becoming a certified primal health coach through the Primal Health Coach Institute played a huge, huge role on my business and how I do everything today and 
also obviously everything that I learned. So I wanted to chat for a second about that program. You guys know I am a big believer in the paleo lifestyle. And I'm sure you know I'm a huge fan of Mark Sisson, the creator of the Primal Blueprint, which is a paleo bible and primal kitchen you know i love my primal kitchen products and then when i found out that he had launched the primal health coach institute i wanted to learn more i was surprised that i hadn't heard about it before i was a little confused why i hadn't and it seemed almost too good to be true because i knew that the primal health coach institute would probably be exactly what i was looking for because i was going back with different programs and i really wanted one that aligned with my beliefs and the Primal Health Coach Institute was perfect because it was going to obviously certify me to be a health coach. I was going to learn a lot and it was all about real food eating, ancestral health, and evolutionary biology and it could be done online at my own pace. I felt like it was really cost effective as well and I just love the whole Primal Health Coach community is very welcoming and supportive so I was really attracted to that as well. And I mean, having read basically everything on Mark's blog and his books, I was pretty sure that I was going to love the content and it ended up being definitely one of the best decisions I ever made. If you have been thinking about a career in health or wellness, wanting to be a health coach, then I highly recommend you look into this program. It goes way beyond the basics. You're going to learn coaching skills and the how-tos of inspiring lifestyle changes, but you also are going to get a comprehensive nutrition and health sciences education. It is a college-level course, probably beyond that, and you are not just skimming the surface. You are going to dive deep. Like I mentioned, the program focuses on ancestral health principles specifically, and we learn how the body actually works. And it talks all about how every choice we make regarding our health is interconnected. So the food you eat, the activities you do, your sleep habits, your stress levels, they are all connected and affect your cells. We learn about nutrition, fitness, sunlight, sleep, grocery shopping, stress, and obviously business. While I was going through the course, I was so impressed with the curriculum straight off the bat. And then when I got to the business section, I was even more impressed. And honestly, I was just so grateful I ended up doing the Primal Health Coach Institute because they gave me everything I needed to just be able to go immediately into seeing clients. So much so that I started seeing clients before I even finished the program. But they have a whole resource center devoted to business development, marketing, and sales training. So they don't just give you the information and then say, good luck, go ahead, like a lot of other programs do. They train you to master being a coach and they really train you to be able to build your business. They'll take you through different business building exercises and they also will give you access to a ton of made for you materials like handouts, flyers, forms, marketing graphics, and even a 12 week coaching program that you can use with your clients from day one. So you are seriously already set. You also get to be in 
the database of primal health coaches so you can put yourself in there and where you're located and if people search for a primal health coach in your area you could pop up and your specialties will be there so that can help clients find you as well and of course there is continuing support through our private Facebook group, monthly live webinars, and mastermind meetups. It's a really, really supportive community. Everybody likes to share ideas and support each other. So I highly recommend you will not just feel like you are given information and then sent out and you haven't learned to fly yet. They make sure you know how to fly. So if you're interested in the paleo lifestyle, the primal way of living, and you've been thinking about becoming a health coach, or just want to learn that information for your own health and wellness journey, then make sure you check out their free ebook, How to Be a Health Coach. You can go to primalhealthcoach.com realness to get that free ebook and to learn more about the Primal Health Coach program. So again, that's primalhealthcoach.com realness, R-E-A-L-N-E-S-S. And you can get that free ebook and learn more. And then if you want to learn even more about the program, you can schedule a phone call with the head of admissions, Laura, who has been on this podcast. And if you're already ready to sign up, then I have a discount code. Well, it's not really my discount code, but there is a discount code. It's COACH200, C-O-A-C-H-200 to get $200 off of enrollment. And like I mentioned Comparing this to other health coaching programs, I really feel like it is a steal for everything that you learn and get, and I cannot recommend this program enough. And I know that a few of you are health, primal health coaches, and I've connected with a few of you through that community, so that is awesome. So after I finished my primal health coach program, then I... Uh, then I went through the Nutritional Therapy Association to become an NTP. Um, and I really felt like the two of those together gave me everything I needed. And at this point, so I had started my blog and my podcast when I was in college. And those were kind of running. And then as I kind of got older and graduated, I was moving into the space of working with people one-on-one. And then wanted you know, but also trying to balance my podcast and my blog and trying to figure out how to balance the content creation side with, you know, seeing clients. And there were a few things I learned right off the bat. Um, And these are just kind of floating ideas in my head that I wanted to make sure I talked about in this podcast. So first of all, the first thing I want people to be wary of, especially in this space, is just going for certification after certification after certification because I see this a lot. And I definitely kind of got caught in this trap too at the beginning because I immediately was like gonna finish NTA and then gonna go on to my next my next step in education and eventually I decided not to. And I see people looking, okay, I'm gonna get certified in this and that and I mean, some of these are helpful, right? So if you want to get certified with like AIP or become a GAPS practitioner, maybe you also want to add a personal training certification or I don't know, there's so many different ways you can continue your education. But I think that a lot of people like, 
I just think it's a mistake to go straight from getting one certification to the next one because I think what you need to do is kind of stop and start getting in there, start doing your business, and then really only get that extra certification if you're sure you're going to use it and that you need it because it's a time investment and it's a money investment. And I think a lot of people just go certification happy as a way of procrastinating actually starting to work because I think a lot of people um, sort of freak out about, okay, I, I got certified and then like now I have to go see clients and it kind of hits them. It's like when you graduate college and you're like, what do I do with my life? Except I didn't have that moment. Thank God. <laughs> but I just think that people are get too obsessed with getting more and more certifications and put all these pressures on themselves that they feel like they have to keep, you know, becoming a specialist in X, Y, and Z. And I just think that you, if you haven't even given yourself time to figure out if that's what you want to specialize in, then why are you putting in more time and money into schooling when you could be just using what you have um, and getting some experience and then going from there? Like, you know, if you just, let's say you just finished the NTA and then now you're like, I'm going to become a GATS practitioner. Well, I see a lot of people hopping straight into another certification and then they start doing it and they don't even end up using it, which they would have realized they didn't even need that had they started working um, to begin with and just seeing what what they liked. So that that's just one thing I wanted to say straight off the bat. And I just want people to kind of pause and stop trying to distract themselves um, from the fact that you like it's time to build the business okay the other myth i would like to dispel is that you know i think people have this idea in their heads that in order to be a nutritionist um or a health coach or something you have to be a social media star and you have to have a big following and all of these things because a lot of people become a health coach or an ntp or a personal trainer uh, because they kind of maybe got inspired by someone they follow. And so then they have this idea in their head without even consciously realizing it that everyone who's a successful nutritionist or trainer or whatever you are, coach, also has a big following. And you're shooting yourself in the foot right there if you have that mindset because the majority of people don't have a big social media following. The majority of people are not a big social media star. The majority of people don't have a huge public presence in that sense. So if you are going into it feeling like that, you're putting all this pressure on yourself basically to create another job. Like basically you're saying, okay, I can't be a successful nutritionist unless I have X amount of followers. And again, I find this is just another distraction slash just misconception that people don't even realize they have. They think, okay, now I got, I got certified. Now it's time to like build my social media following. And that's not really how it works. I mean, that's one way of doing it. I wouldn't say it's the most effective way to do things, but what you need to realize is that the vast majority of coaches and nutritionists and trainers out there don't have a big social media following. Like they're not social media stars. That's not their job. Um, their job is to be a coach or a nutritionist or 
a trainer or whatever you know what I'm saying so like that's their job and so I find a lot of people all, all of a sudden put pressure on themselves and I got asked this so many times by people in my class um who were kind of freaking out and they say okay can you help me because like I know I need to build I need to like get a lot of followers how did you get a lot of followers and I'm like you don't need to get a lot of followers at all um because I had a platform I run my business differently than I probably would have had I not had a platform it just you know depends like where you're coming from but what I want you to understand is that you don't have to be a content creator to be a coach or nutritionist or in the health and wellness space there are so many different ways to take it first of all um the other thing is you don't have to with your coaching certification or your, your training certification or your nutrition certification, whatever, you don't have to just see one-on-one clients. Like there are so many different ways to use that information. But I think that just overall people have this idea that they have to be a content creator and that they go hand in hand just because that's what they see people on social media doing. And that's, that's not um, necessary at all. That being said, one thing that I think is very important for people to realize is that you need to have multiple revenue streams. And this is going to set you up for success and something that you need to think about in advance. I highly recommend. So I, when I was in college, I was thinking about my future. I said, I know I want to have at least five revenue streams because what people don't realize, and most people don't realize this until they get the certification well, okay, let me paint the image for you. People will become a coach or a nutritionist or a trainer and in their head, they're like, okay, I'm gonna get certified, then I'm gonna get clients and then there's my job. Okay, that's not gonna be enough money. It's just not. You're gonna, even if you have, even if you max at your schedule and you're working 8, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week, that's not gonna make you, I mean, I don't know, I guess I don't know where you live and how much money you want to make, but I just, you're going to burn yourself out first of all. Second of all, I just, it's, you're not going to make enough money. Like you need multiple revenue streams that are feeding into each other and you need passive income. This is how you're a successful entrepreneur. I do not put all my eggs in one basket. That is not a smart idea for me. I have, so I'll explain to you where, so I get revenue from clients, from my group coaching program, from my membership site, from Beauty Counter, from doTERRA, from affiliate links through my blog, through my ebooks, and through my podcast. So those are all of my revenue streams. So I have more than five um, and always looking for more because the more passive income you make, the easier life will be. What you have to understand is that when you're an entrepreneur and when you're working for yourself especially, you are one person trying to do the job of money. So you need to build in income that's just going to come passively. You need to be basically multitasking in the sense of earning money at all times. Um, You, there's only so much time you have in a day and only so much you can give to other people before you start burning at yourself. But either way, like, there's only so much time you have in a day and there's a cap to the number of clients you can see one-on-one. And so this is part of scaling a business is thinking big and thinking, okay, how can I make more income? Oh, there's another revenue stream, supplements. So when people order certain supplements 
through me, I get a small percentage of it. And that is one main way that most practitioners make the bulk of their income, which most people don't realize. Um, I think people, people seriously think that just seeing clients like whatever they're paying you for your hour, that's like where the bulk of your money is coming from. And it that can't be the main source of your income. You're not going to make enough. Um, so, But a lot of practitioners make a lot of money off of supplements. I don't personally make that much off supplements because I give most of my percentage to my clients because you can pick, depending on how you do it, you can kind of pick what, what percentage you keep versus like do they get a discount. Um, and I don't really need that to be a big part of my business and like I don't know that's just not where my focus is um but this is why for coaches I think like anyone who's kind of in my my side of things like seeing clients um you need to think about other things to have so you're gonna see clients but this is why I think that beauty counter and doTERRA are two amazing ways to grow your business And it's pretty fluid because if you're promoting healthy lifestyle changes, then those are products that like you're going to be recommending to clients like they need to clean up their personal care products and use um, cleaner household items. And I mean, this is this is how I live a healthy lifestyle. Like I use all beauty counter makeup. Well, not all. I use some other stuff, too, but basically every beauty counter product I use and then doTERRA oils I use for literally everything. That's how I make my cleaning supplies. That's what I, I mean, I make supplements with them. And with clients, I'll give them supplements using those oils so they can build, they can make their own supplements. They know that they're using all natural options and it's like a way of life. It's a lifestyle shift. So when your clients are asking you about, okay, what cleaning products do I use? Like what makeup, what personal care products, what skincare should I use? You have that as a revenue stream as well. In addition to that, how can you scale your business in the sense of reaching a lot more people with less time for you? So this is where having something like an ebook or a coaching program or a course where working with multiple people at a time can be huge. So let's say you could do a group coaching program like and say that's one night a week in your community. And so instead of that one hour just working with one person, you could be working with 15. And that's 15 times the amount of money you'd be making in that one hour. Or if you make a little ebook, here's the thing is like, you don't have to have a huge following. Like you need to think about this is what everything I'm doing, I'm making for my audience, my connections, my clients. Honestly, just so you know, because I just feel like people have all this pressure on themselves, like, oh, I don't have a big following, I'm not going to make enough money, and they they don't go hand in hand at all, so just because someone has a big following doesn't mean they're making a lot of money, just because someone doesn't have a following doesn't mean they're not making a ton of money, the people, the nutritionists that I know that make the most money have no social media presence at all, um, probably because they're so focused on what they're doing in there, but I know you could, but think about some product that you could have that you could sell, whether that be an ebook or like a coaching program or like a little course or even like a book if you want to self-publish something like that. But then think about um, supplements. So sign up for something like Fullscript where you can make a cut of the income or 
signing up as a beauty counter consultant or a doTERRA advocate. Those are all just a few of the options that I utilize in in my life basically to make some passive income. Here's the thing, if you're gonna be recommending these products anyways, you might as well make some money off of it because what people don't understand is that nutritionists, coaches, trainers are massively underpaid in the same way that like teachers are, I mean, it horrifies me how low salary they get, but the same thing with like nutritionists and coaches and for the work they do and many of them, I'm making some big generalizations, but honestly, many of them do all the heavy lifting when it comes to a person's general health protocol, like the prep work you have to do for clients, the time you invest in them, it's a, a it's a big job and you don't get paid very much. So people think, oh, I'm paying you X amount for an hour. It's not just for that hour. Um, it can take hours to prep for a client afterwards, all the work after that, and then the continuing support. So it, it's not like, a huge money-making business unless you set it up to be. And having multiple revenue streams is a really important part of that. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that people asked me to chat about. So I had a few people ask if I could talk about how to go about finding clients, um, marketing yourself. Yeah, let's cover the getting clients thing. So there are a few options here. First of all, whatever education you got, like whoever you got certified through or your schooling, check to see if they have any type of like coaching database, um, any type of database that you can insert yourself into where if people are searching through that, they, they can find you. So I put myself into like four or five online. I know when I went through the NTA, um, they had different options. They like they recommended a few, and then I had the one from the Primal Health Coach Institute, and I actually got the most, the most. I mean, I don't. I think I got one or two from the ones I put in that the NTA, um, recommended. Like I only got like one or two clients from those, but I mean, I mean better than nothing. And but I got a I got a good amount for being in the Primal Health Coach Institute database so like a lot of people found me through that so I would just I mean put yourself in there they're free I mean I think some you might pay for but all the ones I signed up for were free so I would check into that um first because it's like if someone's looking for an NTP like they could go and maybe they're going in there looking for an NTP in your area okay another other ideas okay let me just back up for a second and say a lot of people are really afraid to market themselves the same way people are afraid to sell products and you need to get over it. Like I'm just getting some tough love. You need to market yourself and believe in what you're, you're worth and what you know and what you can offer someone and tell them that. A big mistake I see people making is basically not talking themselves up enough and also not telling people what they do. Like, you need to know, first of all, figure out your identity. Who are you? What are you doing? What is your goal? Who is your demographic? Get very clear on what, wh who and what you are. And every single person you're talking to, tell them, I'm a nutritionist and I help, you know, women with blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. I specialize in hormones, I specialize in gut, whatever. Um, be very clear. And if you don't know your specialty straight off the bat, which is something I do recommend starting to work towards is 
like I, I don't think straight off the bat you have to know what you want to specialize in but I would definitely start exploring specialties because you want to nail down who exactly you're trying to attract because it'll be a lot easier to get clients so do you work with brides do you work with weight loss do you work with gut health do you work with skin health with acne do you work with teens do you work with older adults do you work in um with athletes did i say that uh what else do you work with people with autoimmune conditions do you work more on the emotional side of things the body image eating disorders um there are just a pregnancy is a big one fertility is a huge one right now so getting into a specialty is really really helpful and maybe you start off with one and then the more you work with that clientele you realize you're not really passionate about it and it's okay to change it's totally okay to change but I would start trying to nail down something more specific because that's going to help you really reach more people and just because you have a specialty doesn't mean you're never allowed to take a client that's outside of that specialty not at all but it just gives it'll give you something to work off of and this is all about branding as well but you need to have your elevator pitch. You need to start telling everybody what you're doing and don't be shy. And I see this a lot with nutritionists. I also see this a lot whenever I'm working with a new consultant on my team for Beauty Counter or doTERRA. A big part of what separates people who make a lot of money from people who aren't getting clients who aren't making money is that the people who are making money are selling themselves and telling everybody what they're doing and being loud and proud about it. So if you think you're quiet and someone's just gonna fall into your lap, then good luck. You need to go out and make it happen. So every single person you're talking to, you're telling them what you do, you're telling them who you help, and you just talk the talk. You just tell them what you're passionate about, who you help, what you do. And I see this a lot, like, I think especially even immediately after somebody gets certified, that they don't, they'll maybe say what their old job was or I'm like, why don't you tell people you're a nutritionist? Like, why don't you say that? And like, oh, I don't know because I haven't really started yet. Well, you're never going to get started until you tell people that that's what you're doing. So make every make sure everyone knows. Also, always have your cards on you. Always have your cards on you. But I'm just talking about like, have you told your friends, your family? Have you changed your job title on Facebook? Have you, I mean, when you meet random people, are you telling them what you're doing? Like part of this is being social. Part of it's networking. Just make sure people are very well aware and literally say, you know, I'm accepting new clients. If you're looking for any help with X, Y, and Z, um, just let me know. Or if you know anybody who's looking for a good nutritionist or trainer, um, just let me know because I have a few spots open. But you need to make sure everybody knows because you never know when Sally's friend Joe randomly asks randomly asks her, you know, if he if they know somebody who can help her with X, Y, and Z. And you need to make sure that people know, especially in like this space, I've realized that there's a big disconnect. Like people might know I'm a nutritionist, but for example, my family knows I'm a nutritionist, but they don't realize like you know, they have anxiety or depression or they have stomach problems and they don't connect that they should work with a nutritionist. So that's why it's important to, to say to people, you know, I'm a nutritionist and I help people who struggle with digestive issues or I help people who struggle with autoimmunity. Like a lot of people don't connect that that's the clientele you work with. So when you tell people your demographic, they don't even, that's what they're focused on. So if they overhear someone saying, oh, you know, I heard my friend is struggling with this 
I don't know, celiac disease or my friend struggling with Hashimoto's disease and you never know who's going to say, oh, you know, my friend whatever works with people who have Hashimoto's like and she like do you want her information so that's why you just need to be telling everybody everyone remember that just because someone doesn't need your services right now doesn't mean that they won't in the future so it's good to have for them to have you in the back of their mind okay another option for getting clients um, that I think more people just need to take advantage of is linking up with another practitioner in the area. So if there's a functional medicine practitioner near you, if there's any type of doctor near you who needs a nutritionist or a health coach, a wellness center, like chiropractors, um, and even some like energy healing centers, look up in your area, what type of healing centers or health centers are near you and think big, even if they don't, if they don't, I mean, if they don't already have any health coaches or coaches or I mean, whatever you are, then that could be even better because you could go pitch yourself to them and say, hey, I think this would be a really awesome part of your practice. And then you're getting clients basically from that person. Um, I mean, and especially now in today's day and age, this is why people like Chris Kresser, he talks so much about like why he built his health coaching program and like there's just not enough doctors and the doctors can run the labs and go over the big findings, but it's the health coaches, the coaches, the nutritionists who are really going to stick with that client and walk them through all the, all the lifestyle changes they need to make. So we think of coaches as extensions of doctors because they just don't have enough time in the day. They can't see enough people and we always need more. So that is honestly just a really great way to start finding clients is, I mean, you can use a, a doctor is basically. So pitch yourself to people. Again, don't be afraid to pitch yourself. Go into different centers, um, even like places that you might not typically think, like don't just think, oh, a, a doctor's office or a chiropractor's office. You can look at healing centers um, or even, I don't know where you live, but I know in SoCal, there's a lot of places that are like float spas or, you know, vitamin vitamin shot nutrient drip places and people like them might need an educator um and that could be really helpful as well going off of that though even if you don't think that like you can work with one of these people look into any place like make a list of anywhere that's remotely healthy ish near you and offer to give a class places love free classes a free class for people and it's a good way to kind of get yourself out there and get people hearing you and you can put your card out and just go like it could be a grocery store it could be a yoga studio a Pilates studio it could be a small like cafe restaurant place it could be um, any type of store like a, any wellnessy store a tea shop um, even some bookstores like just think big and wide anywhere where there could be like interest in health um I like I did one at Whole Foods I did one at um, a cafe where I used to live I did one even at college if you're in college or if there are local colleges near you I would look into that any local schools or high schools depending on your demographic but think about where your demographic would be I think like yoga classes Pilates classes can be great um like and talk with the people who own the location and say hey I would love to give a free class um about this topic like pick a topic you feel like you could talk about um 
easily. It could be just, just a Q&A or you could give a talk or maybe you could do, depending on where you are, like a cooking demo. I know people do cooking classes or it just depends on kind of what your niche is, but see if you can um, teach a, a free class somewhere and maybe the first time, like maybe no one shows up. Like, okay, but someone probably will. Um, this is why I like places like stores because people walking by will probably just see and just keep putting yourself out there and when people get like when you're in a smaller group setting you're more likely to get those people to want to work with you and they'll all take your card and then you you might get a, a call back and another option is again like thinking about sort of who you can poach clients off of so for example because i'm not really seeing i'm opening up a few spots for one-on-one um soon but right now i'm not seeing any clients and so i have a few practitioners quote under me who i refer to um because i know their work i trust them and that is kind of like who i'm going to refer to and they're getting clients through me so they they don't have a social media presence themselves but they're utilizing mine um and i'm totally fine with that like all these people who who want to work with me that I can't work with. Um, I obviously want to send them to people who I trust. And so kind of that, that works that way. And I know a lot of other new people who have more of a platform who don't see people one-on-one anymore also do the same thing. They'll have a team under them. Um, and so looking into, into people who do have, I don't know, podcasts or blogs or bigger businesses, see if they are looking to take applications for nutritionists under them to help them um, or to, to take clients, you know, it, or even present that idea to somebody. Be like, hey, you probably get a lot of people asking if you like work with people and like, you know, I would love to take them off your hands. So just think big and wide about all of that. The other thing that's important though is to like set yourself up as a business. So you need, while you do not have to be a blogger, you guys, you don't have to be a content creator or a social media star, you need to have a business presence. So you need to have a website. Um, You need to have your services up there, something about you, make it personal, be yourself, um, put what your specialties are. You need to be on Instagram. You don't have to have a huge following, but like you need to be there so that when you have a client, they they can go kind of like get resources from you. Part of this is going to depend on who your demographic is. Like if your demographic is older, they probably don't care about Instagram. If you're going for younger people, they probably want to see what you're posting on Instagram. And I want you to go with the mindset that this is not about building this is not about building a social media presence necessarily. It's about what will I put out that people who want to be clients will actually respond to. I think it's good to have a few blog posts up or maybe put a post up about like with a link to some of your favorite recipes, just something. You don't have to have an extensive blog, but I would put like some written things up, just make your website there and then it's there. And then anytime someone, you meet someone like, oh, do you have a site? You can say, oh yeah. And obviously that will be on your business card and just direct them to your website, which will make it easier for them to contact you. So just make sure that you are set up as a business. I would say, honestly, I would say 
a website, Instagram, and a Facebook page. And, like, you don't have to do anything, like, big with them. You don't have to be, like, posting every day. But just have them there so that people can find you. So that when you're out and about and you run into somebody, you can say, oh, this is my handle or, like, this is my website. You can just go there and, and find my services and contact me through that. Because people are looking looking for that make sure your photo is up and people want like an about about me page basically and also a testimonials page is awesome so this is another thing to think about in terms of getting clients is at the beginning at least I would highly recommend trading services for testimonials and referrals and in general um, many people find that the most the they get a lot of clients and they tend to be the best clients, honestly, off of referrals. So you need to think about the long-term game. And at the beginning, if you are working for a really cheap price or even for free at the very beginning, like while you're still studying, that might be worth it in the long run if that person is giving you testimonials and referrals. And I would make that very clear to the person. Because then you can put those testimonials up on your website and other people can see. And it's about it's about getting experience and building clientele that way. And then the referral network will just grow. And the more you meet people and network and then they talk to each other. And here's the thing. If you transform someone's life and you do a good job, um, that person is going to recommend you to other people. Like, think about it. If somebody solved your digestive issues, if somebody helped you get rid of your acne, if somebody totally helped you figure out what the hell to eat in this confusing ass world, then don't you think that that person would refer you to their, like refer their friends to you? And if their friend ever was struggling with something, then they might say, oh, you know, I worked with this nutritionist or I worked with this coach or trainer and she or he really helped me with that. Like you should reach out to her. So that is something to keep in mind. Meanwhile, this whole time, the number one thing The number one mistake I made that everybody needs to not make is you need to, from the beginning, be building your email list. So like that should be your goal. Build an email list. Have a freebie up on your website that you think people will like and make it downloadable if they join your email list. Don't spam people with your emails. Give them useful information if you're sending out like a monthly newsletter. I think a weekly or at least monthly newsletter or like a bi-weekly newsletter is really helpful. It can just be short. It can be maybe some links to recipes or links to articles that you like, updates on what you're doing, um, a way to advertise for your services. If you do decide to release something like an ebook or a little course or you're doing a group coaching program, that is a great way to market it but you need to be building your email list from the beginning um that was definitely something i wish i had done because emails will convert more than other platforms and you know instagram can die tomorrow but like your email list is gonna stay and it's a great way to get clients as well as repeating clients so maybe you're done working with somebody one-on-one but then they hear that you released a little ebook or maybe you're doing a group coaching program or teaching a class because eventually you could teach classes that do cost a small amount so maybe they learn about that through your email list because they stayed on your email list because they were learning something through it Um, and they hear about that and they join in so this is how you turn um, an old client into a repeating client and then you make more money that way too but again with your email list just really think okay what would 
what would my demographic want to know? Like, what do they want to see? Most people don't want, like, anything crazy in there. You don't have to be emailing them every day. Oh, please don't. They'll unsubscribe. But I just think something useful and helpful. You could be linking out to other articles people write. Be like, this is what I enjoyed this week. Here's some, here's a good recipe. It doesn't even have to be yours. So, um, I just think building your email list is incredibly important and that's an important way to market yourself as well. Let's talk about pricing for a second because, oh man. Okay. I have opinions on this. I have major opinions on this. So my approach might be different than other people's approach. Um, you're going to get different opinions, but this is mine. I think that most trainers, coaches, um, nutritionists are way underpricing themselves again, because people do not realize how many hours goes into a client and how much education goes into a client. Um, but you're also you're not only doing it a service to yourself, but also the client, because first of all, there's some psychology behind this. And I mean, studies literally show the more money somebody invests in the, the help that they're getting. So if they're paying more for sessions with you, they are going to put more into it and they're going to get better results. Like they're literally going to get better results because they're paying more. And I've experienced this myself. I know when I've worked with people who are more expensive, I always get better results. And there's some, it's a psychological thing. Um, that being said, also you need to know your worth and like let people know like this is the value that you're gonna get. So, I mean, if you're, it's goes back to like, if you're only charging like, I don't know, let's say $50 for a session. That person probably isn't going to be that invested in any recommendations you make. They're probably not going to take it as seriously. And you're going to attract a certain type of client that probably won't stay with you long term. But it really goes back to the fact that your prices need to reflect how how good your work is. You are telling people how much you're worth based on your prices. I think it's better to overshoot rather than undershoot. Whatever you think you're worth is what you're worth. And you just need to stand firm in it. And you're also going to attract the type of clientele, uh, a certain type of clientele based on how much you charge. So if you're not charging very much money, you're going to get people who aren't super dedicated um, and who are probably going to be fighting on any supplements you might recommend versus I mean, to be quite honest, as soon as I raised my prices a lot higher, I was getting clients who were, in in general, much more compliant and just much more focused on the goal and in it with me. And so it made my work much better. And I also felt much better about how much I gave to them and how much I put into it. So there, you know, you get what you pay for. And if you want to be attracting people who aren't going to be like fighting you on the money all the time, then you need to have higher prices to attract that type of clientele. And remember, I mean, so you could charge less and see more people in a day or charge more and have less clients, but you're making more money per hour. So it evens out that way. In terms of how to determine your pricing, first of all, honestly, my rule is what you think you're worth, you're worth. Just decide. Um, and another option is to, I would look into what nutritionists in your specialty slash in your area are 
are charging and kind of get in that ballpark. Um, you know, if you're working under like with a chiropractor or with an FMD or something kind of as part of their team, then you might not really have as much control over your rates, but I would definitely look and see your area because like, I mean, I could shoot at a number, but I'm going to tell you right now, a nutritionist in Los Angeles is going to be a lot more expensive than somebody who's in the Midwest. Like that's just how it is. Um, and also their experience level changes things. Like when you have more experience, then you probably are charging more. If you have a lot of people trying to work with you, you'll charge more because it's about access. You also should be charging more if you have more certifications or extensive knowledge in a certain extra area or you incorporate other healing modalities. So let's say you have Okay, let's say you are a nutritionist, but you're also a certified personal trainer, and then you do the fitness for people. You can program for them, and you can do everything with nutrition, or let's say you're a nutritionist, but you specialize in gaps, or let's say, like for me, if I'm a nutritionist, but I also incorporate, let's say I do a Reiki for people, or if you focus a lot on the emotional side of things, I know a lot of NTPs also work in mental health. So if you are also a therapist or you do a lot of mental emotional work, um, that would cost more as well. So I mean, it's going to be a different price if you're straight up just giving somebody nutrition advice. Um, and if you're more hands off than somebody who's going to incorporate other modalities and work from more angles. So keep that in mind as well. You'll also start to get a sense of what your pricing should be like as you go and as you realize how much you're giving to clients. So I know for me, I was I started raising my prices after I started to realize that you know, I'd be working with people and I tended to see a lot of people with very complicated cases and suddenly they're no longer working with their FMD, they're no longer working with their therapist, they're dropping all these other people who are helping them because basically they were just kind of working with me and felt like I was replacing them because I would give supplement protocols, I do a lot of emotional work, all of these things. So when I realized that suddenly, you know, I'm doing the job of this what this whole health team was doing I'm more valuable and so I'm worth more so my prices went up if you never give any supplement protocols or you never kind of go outside the box just like I don't know nutrition if you're a nutritionist or training just training which most people do go outside their scope a bit but if you're really kind of just cut and dry here's the info then it's gonna your prices should be a little bit less if you never go beyond that than if you are kind of doing the work of a larger health team then you're worth more money and then related to that again certain I do think that certain specialties or certain focus areas are worth more than than others um I think that people who are working strictly with weight loss their prices often can't be as high as somebody who's working with something that's more niche or more difficult to deal with. Um, like people who are working with with people who have chronic illnesses or where it's it's difficult for them to find practitioners who really can help them, then that usually you can raise your prices higher because I mean it's about supply and demand, you know, if if there's not a big enough supply and there's high demand, then that's worth more money. Look around and think who is doing what I'm doing? 
how am I different? And like, what can I offer people that makes me more valuable? And also your pricing should be reflect, should reflect how much, how much access people get to you. So if you are giving, so I see a lot of coaches doing this 24 seven access thing where their clients can text them or call them or whatever, 24 seven, um, which is kind of a whole other topic. But if you are doing that, you sure as hell better be charging a good amount because that is a lot, a lot of work. Um, and you can't give someone access like that to you unless they're paying a good amount of money. Um, and I see a lot of people charging like, I don't even know, like $200 a month for a session every week and then 24-7 access. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, that is way, way too low and you are going to burn yourself out and you're just basically telling people that that's how much your your work is worth and um no 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 so but I just think that you should check what's in your area um and kind of how what prices are there um like I know in some states I talk to some people and it's like you know a nutritionist will charge maybe like I don't know one 150 for an hour but like in LA you'll see $400 an hour um so it really it just depends on where you're at and also like I mean pricing is different like in general like when we talk about we go to grocery stores and why is this $15 in LA and it's $3 in Oklahoma it's the same thing like everything is on a scale so I recommend looking into what other practitioners in your area um are charging and kind of ballpark it that way. And I always recommend overshooting, honestly. And I know at the beginning, it might be harder to do that. Um, At the beginning, you should be working. You can trade services. Um, I would link up like, and this is another way to get clients too. Like if you're a nutritionist, maybe find a trainer that you guys work hand in hand. You trade clients like they're doing the fitness part and you are doing the food part. Um, Services like that, or even like, go to like, I don't know, a nail place or hair styling salon or a yoga place and like be like, hey, I'm looking for clients. Can I leave some cards out? Things like that. Um, But I just kind of went on a tangent. Sorry. Anyways, the pricing. I think it's better to overshoot rather than undershoot. But at the beginning, you could trade services with people um, in exchange for like, okay, their services, but you could also trade your services for the testimonials and having that that bulk of testimonials slash people who have worked with you who will refer um their friends and family that is worth it at the beginning what i don't like is all of these free initial phone calls if you're giving out advice and information on that call so people will give away free discovery calls and like if your discovery call includes you giving advice already, then it shouldn't be free. If you want to do like a free 15 minute call where they're basically explaining like what their health issue is, what they're looking to, what they're looking to get out of like working with you, um, then that's fine. Um, I think most of that can be done via email though, but I'll see a lot of people giving free initial consultations and I'm like, what are you doing? The initial consultation is the most work of all of them. Like I probably put, you put, I put so many hours into initial consultations, like the prep work and, um, don't give away free consultations. Here's the thing that people don't understand. Okay. 
the more free things you give away, the more people get used to that and they just want more free things and they expect free things from you. And they know that people being like, oh, that's your pricing. Well, I can't afford it. I'm a poor college student. Well, guess what? Everyone's a poor college student. Everyone is poor. No one has money. But this is just the way the world works. If you want high quality help, then you got to pay money for it. And the thing is, if you feel like you're trying to defend your prices all day long to people, then that's not the right demographic for you. The right clients are not even going to question your prices. Um, But I just, I worry about all the people I see who are really great practitioners because I know how people work. I know how they run their businesses. And I see a lot of people who are great practitioners really undercharging and not making as much money as they should. Meanwhile, I see... Sally Sue over here who is doesn't know what she's doing and is charging like $350 for an hour and she puts no time into her clients at all and is a terrible nutritionist and I'm like what is this okay so what you have to remember is like you get to decide how much you're worth so I mean you tell me you tell me and you stand behind it and you make people believe it Okay, I need to wrap up here um, and then I can do a part two for this because I didn't get to everything, um, but you might have some more questions coming off of this. Um, but just some quick things I wanted to end, end with on, on the hour. Um, first of all, I think I'll do another episode with like how I plan out my day, like planning out your day. But what I do want to say is that you right off the bat need to figure out what your boundaries are going to be with clients. Are you going to be somebody who gives 24-7 access to them? Are you going to be somebody who only answers emails during business hours? Do they get your phone number? Do they get access to you in between sessions? How does that work? And then also in terms of pricing as well, that's going to play into the pricing. And if you just do single appointment sessions versus packages. So most people are going to want to offer different packages. Um, So like a three-month program, maybe a six-month program where you're you're meeting with somebody every week because that tends to get the best client results if they're locked into a long-term plan. Um, because if you're just doing one-off appointments, then they might not come back and it's hard to stay accountable. And then that way, you know, you can, you'll charge more because you're also going to be really invested in them and you're in that journey with them. And they'll probably be able to have access to you in between in between appointments. That's not the only way to do it though. That just tends to be a way that people can ensure that their clients are being held accountable and you can charge more for that because it's usually more involved and they're paying upfront for a long period of time, a full program. But honestly, also for practitioners, kind of a way to make sure the client gets results because if they're staying with you for that whole time, you know, at the end of it, that they're going to come out feeling better. But that's definitely not the only way to do it. Like I know for me, I'm changing my business so that I'm not doing packages anymore and just one-offs because I know that people will come back to me when they need me and I tend to get results a lot faster. So I don't want to lock somebody into three or six months with me when they don't need that. Um, And I know that, yeah, I know that people will come back. So I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. So there are just different ways to, to run your business. So it's just about what works best for you and the way you 
you work with clients because some people have a full up program they want to take people through. Some people work differently. So feel that out. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just about what works for you. No matter what you do though, it's really important to make it very clear what your boundaries are straight off the bat. So let them know. I only answer email during business hours these days. You can contact me about um, like quick questions in between, but anything longer than a few sentences we're going to need to cover in a session because people are going to try and take advantage of you and try and get basically a session out of you via email in between which is not okay so you need to be very firm in your boundaries and just like if somebody sends you 15 questions and you're like it takes you three hours to type out the response you need to instead of doing that just say hey, these are great questions. Uh, This is something that really needs to be, we need to go over in a session. So let's book a time when we can see each other. Um, And again, just deciding, like there's no right or wrong way that to do it, how much access you're going to give people in between sessions, but you need to, your prices should reflect that. And also your sanity should reflect that. So some people have no issue giving clients 24-7 access and their phone numbers and um, their, they can text them and call them and others do have major issues with that. And I learned I had to draw major boundaries because I found it was really, it was not only really wearing on me because my phone was just blowing up all the time and people were becoming like, I, I couldn't focus on any of my on any of my work because people were contacting me, contacting me way too often and I had clients calling me in the middle of the night at all hours of the day, I became very burnt out because I felt like I had zero time to stop because it's every day on weekends and I had too many people doing that at once. Um, I couldn't sleep. Like, that's one side. But also, I realized that with a lot of my demographic, um, it was really harming them in the long run because they were becoming way too dependent on me and always having me there. And I think this is an important part of like, it's almost like raising a child, like teaching them to walk. Like sometimes they have to fall first and they have to try it by themselves in order to learn how to walk. Um, you know, and what I, a mistake I see a lot of I just think sometimes it's to the detriment of the client if every time they have to make a decision during the day, they text you or they call you. And again, it comes down to your demographic. I find that generally older clients don't do that, but it's the younger ones who get really attached and lean on you for every decision. And people have to be able to work through some things by themselves. And while you're there for support, they can't come to every single second they're unsure about something because part of it is learning learning how to themselves. So get clear on those boundaries and know yourself and what you can and can't handle. And don't feel pressure um, based on what other people are doing. So just because everybody else is giving text message access doesn't mean you have to. Um, I do think that if you give access to people in between sessions, I would use a separate app. I would use something like Boxer to communicate. But to be quite honest, I am on the team. I, I don't think people should be able to have access in between. I think like short, uh, unless it's a, that type of a program you're running and you're working with very small number of people and that's what it is. And depending on what you're working with them through, but for the majority of people, like that's what sessions are for. Um, and 
yeah, that's what sessions are for. If they want to shoot you an email in between, I like to keep things. I think that there needs to be some professionalism. And so if somebody wants to contact me, you can email me or like you can text me for a, a quick questions. But if we're getting into like you're sending me five paragraphs all day, like back and forth all day long, like that has to be a session. Um, and we're not DMing like that's just not going to work. Um, so I think like set yourself, set yourself up as a professional and people will treat you that way because you need to be aware that people will try and take, try and take advantage of your time. Um, so that's one thing. And then kind of with, with the pricing again, so if you're doing something like a longer package, like I would do packages of like, you could do like a three month package or a six month package where you're seeing somebody every week and then or something along those lines or you could do something like I used to do where I had an option for initial consult plus three appointments or initial consult plus plus six appointments or initial consult plus nine appointments and you would want to work out the math so that the bigger package they buy the the bigger the greater discount they get than if they just bought a single session or if they bought like the the three the three follow-up sessions um like that would be just a tad work out to a tad bit more than if they bought the six sessions. Um, so I would adjust your pricing that way as well. I hope that this helped a little bit. I got into the pricing and kind of finding clients. There's I didn't get to the questions about kind of like time management and how I build my day and things like that. I think that's really important and that kind of also applies to like a lot more people probably but yeah with clients you just you need to okay getting clients you need to tell your story and put yourself out there and make yourself relatable and let people know why you're doing what you're doing everybody has a why everybody has a story and make that very obvious put that on your about me share that with people because the truth is that people are not going to work with you because you know so much more information than everyone else because guess what there's going to be a million other people who know way more than you people are going to work with you because of you and your personality and because they like you they connect with you you're really invested in your clients because that's what makes a good coach that you're invested that you're relatable that you understand that is what they're going to be looking for so make sure you make all of that very apparent so the more you show of yourself the more you are authentically yourself the better off you'll be and the easier it will be to get clients stay in your own lane and focus on what you're doing and kind of your thoughts about things and sharing your information and knowledge and your perspective and don't go into it trying to be like the next smartest person in the world just trying to be the best version of yourself and the best coach that you can be because again people are going to want to work with you because of your personality um one last thing about marketing and finding clients what something I recommend you do is start paying attention to what other people are doing and what you're attracted to like have you ever worked with a nutritionist or a coach or a trainer or a doctor what think about why you wanted to work with them what drew you in um whose newsletters do you read um whose content do you like watching um what like what attracts you to that person and like maybe that should be your marketing strategy too because you want to attract clients who are on the same wavelength as you and there's no right or wrong but 
so I'll give you an example. So I see a lot of coaches on Instagram and part of their tactic for getting clients is to talk about how many clients they have and talk about all day, how many clients they have. And that's kind of all they talk about is how many clients they had and they love their clients and blah, blah, blah. And for me personally, that's a huge turnoff. Um, or when people talk about how much money they make all day, for me personally, that's a huge turnoff. And I don't like that wouldn't make me want to work with somebody. Um, it kind of does the opposite for me. Yet I know a lot of people who that makes them want to work with with this person. That make, when they hear somebody saying talking about how many clients they have, um, then they like have FOMO and they want to work with them too. So if you're the type of person where that attracts you to like think about really what works on you, and use the same techniques for what other people do. So like. I don't like that, so I don't use that tactic. Like, I don't spend all, all day on my stories talking about how many clients I have. Um, but, you know, other people, that does attract them. And, again, part of this is, like, when you are selling, like, you are your product if you're trying to get clients. And you need to be marketing yourself all the time. So every social situation you're in, any networking situation you're in, like, you are... Like, I mean, I don't want to like objectify you, but you got to sell yourself and let people know what you're worth and what you can do and make them believe in you and kind of turn the marketing on a little bit all the time. You are always marketing yourself in some capacity. So remember that. Um, and I think the biggest thing is to just be authentic and every client you're working with um, give them your all. And over time, you need to think about long term, that's going to pay itself back and you're going to get clients from those referrals. And even at the beginning of slow, think long term game and think about all the different ways you can scale your business, have a big picture in mind and be very clear about who your demographic is. So I think a really helpful exercise is to sit down and write all about your ideal client. Who is your ideal client? Is it a woman? Is it a man? What's her age range? What symptoms is she dealing with? Um, what are her goals? What's her price range? Like really map out your ideal client and work from there. And how are you going to reach that person? Because the way I reach an 18 year old struggling with acne is going to be very different than the way I reach a 45 year old woman looking to lose weight is going to be very different than I approach a 30 year old with an autoimmune condition. Um, so thinking about all those things, because the clearer you are on who your demographic is, the more you can target all of your information towards that person. Um, and it's, it's just a lot, it's a lot easier. Trust me. Uh, go through that exercise if you haven't already. And you will learn in terms of marketing yourself, don't be afraid to repeat yourself. You're going to say the same things over and over and over again know your message, nail it down, and just keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. People have to hear it a million times before they actually start to process it. Um, so that is definitely very important as well. Knowing your demographic, knowing your ideal client, knowing your message, and just putting it out there. You need to put it out there in the universe. You need to tell everybody, and then things will happen. So yeah, those are, those are going to be my top ideas right now. So I hope that was helpful for you and please let me know if you have further questions. If you want me to go in depth about anything else, um, we can definitely do a part two of this because I didn't get to everything. Make sure you post any questions 
or topics in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I would love to hear from you in there. And let me know if you enjoyed this, if you found this valuable or helpful. Um, I don't really talk about this stuff as much, but I would love to talk more about it. And I'm just really scratching the surface. And I mean, most of this episode, I'm really targeting towards just your everyday health coach or trainer nutritionist um when you're if you're somebody who has a social media following it's a a different technique it's a different ballpark um and that's a whole other topic and then we can get to scheduling and how i actually do my work and organization and all that i think that's useful for everyone but just a few quick tips and i hope it helps so that's going to be it for this episode if you're not on the social media detox You should do the social media detox. It's never too late. I'll still be off of Instagram until Monday. So, I mean, you guys, I can't tell you. I always feel so much better after I've done a social media detox. And even if you could just take one or two days off, you'll feel so much better. You're not going to miss out on anything. The world will still be there. The world will very much still be there when you come back. So that's it it was nice chatting with you i hope you're enjoying your day sending you lots of love good vibes money vibes if you're trying to get clients all right i will talk to you next time bye